Justin, I just want to thank you so much for being on my show today to to talk about the legacy of Ken Revisa and just sharing your feelings and thoughts and stories about this great man. So I, I really thank you for being on my show. No, it's my, my pleasure, Grant. Uh, he, he was a great man and uh, very influential in, in my life as a as, as a man and then uh, in, my, in my career as well. So I look forward to sharing some thoughts about him. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, when you first met Ken, what was the first impression you had of him and, and what was your experience? I was... My first impression was, who is this guy? I met him when I was, when I was a high school baseball player. He was my pretty much my mental skills coach because we lived right down the street from each other. And um, my dad, who played for the Dodgers and played for the Brewers, and he was a head coach at a place called Cal State Dominguez Hills, Division II baseball, a school down in the South Bay. And um, actually, it was even before, it was even before that. Uh, my dad is good friends with Mike Sosha. And they got to talking, and then uh, Ken was at one of our baseball practices, and he ended up, I, I talked to him, he just came up to me, he knows my pops, and I just remember thinking that this was a really cool dude. He was talking about visualization, and self-talk, and, and telling me colors, and red, yellow, green, and I'm just this high school kid thinking, what, what, what is this? It was it was interesting because at one point I was kind of too cool for school. Like, hey, do you not realize that I'm already dropping bombs? I'm already one of the best in the, in the area. But then as he continued to talk, I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is actually really good stuff. And I found myself just kind of going back to some of our little conversations. And what was so amazing about Ken, now I look back and how he did it, he was so subtle. It wasn't to sit down, this talk in the dugout. It was in those little, tiny, little interactions. And um, and so that's where I first met him. And so to answer your question, kind of something tied up in a bow, my first thoughts about, my first impressions about him was he was a really cool guy who was approachable and and unassuming and somebody who, despite being older and if you can imagine i know i'm a high school student i'm a high school student at the time um he was someone i could connect with even even despite our, our tremendous age gap at that time and um i was in my own world doing my own thing and at a as a, as a senior in high school and uh, that was something that really resonated with me he was able to connect with me at even at that young age well when it comes to the mental game how instrumental was ken's work for you as a mental performance coach um, can I, can I, before I answer that, I'm going to, I'm going to keep along with the story, yeah. with how, how this goes. And I'm going to try that. I'm going to tie that back. Sure. So I go on, uh, I go on to college and I still find myself resonating, connecting with Ken's words and I'm playing college baseball now at BYU and I meet another mental performance coach over there as well. But I remember struggling a little bit and my pop sent me Ken's heads of baseball book signed by Ken. And he said, Hey, go ahead and read this. And, and it was all of those, the lessons that he had kind of gone over with me informally organizing the book. And I remember thinking that this is just amazing. I, and I absolutely loved it as an athlete. I did the exercises just individually by myself. And then another season while I was playing baseball, our pitching coach actually made that the criteria, the, the curriculum for off-season training. So 
now I got another just got to go back into the book and we really discussed it as a um, as as a staff as a team. And my pitching coach used to play, or he was affiliated with Cal State Fullerton, which is obviously where where Ken was for many many years. And so I'm playing baseball. Things are going great. I I go. My baseball career ends. My teaching career is going on. I'm a high school teacher at the time. And then I decide I want yeah, I want to get into mental skills training. I want to do essentially what Ken does. But I'm experiencing this imposter syndrome. Like, who am I like to, to go and get a degree so late in life, uh, to, to go with my wife and kids, I have my job. Can you really provide for your family in this career? And one of the people I call is Ken Revisa because he was the first one I ever met to get to do it. And uh, I call him up, and in typical Ken, he says, he, he just says, yeah, man, do it, man. And he, I just don't ever forget, yeah, you can do it. He was just so supportive. And I decided to go for it. And I went, got a master's at the University of Utah. Everything was great. Got my degree. And then I remember thinking, okay, I have a degree. Now what? Well, what do I do? Because unlike a teacher, unlike a dentist or a doctor, this field of sport performance psychology, you got to kind of have an entrepreneurship thread, like uh, blood in your veins. For sure. And, um, and I didn't really know what to do, where to go. And so I called up Ken. I said, Ken, what do I do now? Now I have my degree. What would I do? And he says, tell you what, he goes, I'm going to send you a box of my books and just go out and just start teaching. And I thought that's a brilliant idea. He wasn't shooting me down. He wasn't telling me, hey, good luck. I got to figure it out. He, he literally sent a books. I think it was like five books. Um, he sent five books and he says, use this as your manual. And then as you get better, as you start to understand things, and so Ken, what he ends up doing is, is really supporting me by sending me his book. And I'll never forget, I go out and I'm teaching sports psychology and, and to high school students using his book. And these are volleyball athletes. These are, these, are, these are tennis players, but I'm still using his books and his concepts. And as my career begins to progress, I start opening my own business. I start working with companies, businesses. Ken would call to check in on me. I ended up going with the U.S. Army and doing, doing mental skills with them, and Ken would call me and check up on me. I went to be the head of mental conditioning at the IMG Academy, and, uh, and it was an amazing experience. Ken would call me and check up on me. And then once <laughs> I signed the Boston Red Sox, um, he was one of the first. Before I can call him, he called me to congratulate me. Eric, you did great find that I was with the Red Sox. And as I continued to, to connect with him, I'd see him at different conferences, but he would always reach out to connect with me. And, um, and what ended up happening is, is the day he passed, uh, I was actually on my way to visit him at the hospital. And so I happened to be in California meeting with my family. And when he had the heart attack, I happened to be right there. And as I was driving to the hospital, um, I called the hospital and the nurse picked up and she says, and she's the one who told me, she goes, actually, he's not doing too good right now. Um, I'll have his wife call you or, or they're, they're not, he didn't say, he said, we're not seeing, they're not seeing any visitors right now. And hours later, get, I get the message that he had passed away that night, that Sunday evening, but um, he had a tremendous impact, impact on, on, on getting me launched in my career and, and not only launching my career, but what I taught, especially at the outset in the beginning. You talked about his passing when you first heard about his heart attack and then also 
heard of him passing, what did you feel? Devastated. It, it, it was devastating. It was sad just to know, uh, because I knew him as a friend. He, he, yes, he was Ken Rizza, the sports psychology uh, expert, the godfather of sports psychology. All of that is, yes, true. On, uh, but Ken was Ken. Like he was, it's, it's just, he was just my friend. He was, just, uh, he was a friend of a family. He knows my dad. He knows my mom. We'd go to his house. And so devastated, just just crushed with the news. Um, aside from the sports psychology side and all that, it was a it was it was it was a numbing feeling. Obviously, we understand just the, the process of grieving, especially happened so unexpectedly. Right. Um, I had touched phone a little bit earlier, we, a few weeks pre- previous to that, but yeah, it was it was very sad. My wife knew how big of a how big of an impact he had on me as well. So. Yes, it was a it was a very tough day. I can only imagine. Uh, you know, my my uh, my life stopped for a little bit when I first heard, um, and didn't have the the experiences that you and and most of the people that are on this tribute. But uh, respecting, like you said, the Godfather of sports psychology, or one of them at least, it it did uh, stop me and it made me reflect on all of his great work and all of his videos that I've watched during my grad program and all the articles and books has just, um, it flashed in front of my eyes. So I can only imagine how how you felt, but you know, I've had, I've had so many conversations about Ken's legacy. I've had a lot of people on this show talk about Ken and there's so many great things about his attributes, whether if it's his language, if it was his energy, if it was his mindfulness, being an expert listener, like all these great things about Ken. So from your perspective, how would you describe his passion for his work? Um, congruent to who he was as a person. His, his message matched his life and matched the way he lives his life. I think that's one of the reasons that made Ken so effective is that it wasn't something that he was teaching from a book or from research. And obviously it's backed by research, but it is the essence of who he was as a person. He practiced what he preached and that. And when we say passion, a lot of times you hear passion, it's, it's just a raw, raw emotion, um, uh, just high energy. Ken was this passion. He was passionate. But he wasn't going to come in and just go crazy and, and rah, rah, and yell and scream and everything. And, and, uh, but he was passionate. He was passionate because of the message, because he loved to help people. Uh, and he was consistent. And it didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter. He treated everyone the same. He treated everybody the same. And he was passionate about life and about helping people and about sports psychology and just and and making the world a better place and that's that's how i would describe and that's what made him so effective we we talk about his language and his statements how famous his statements were they i mean they will resonate with coaches and athletes forever from your interaction of working with him and just getting close to him was there any statements that you would that just resonate with you that you'll never forget uh, it's so simple. It's so simple. There's two of them. Uh, one pitch at a time, man, <laughs> one pitch at a time. Man. And that is something that's so simple, 
But for me, it became an anchoring statement, a one pitch at a time. And and basically, it's the principle of mindfulness, being where your feet are. Yep. And as a baseball player, it's so easy to get ahead of yourself, to beat up on yourself from the past or to worry about the future. But to really connect, like it is such a profound principle, one pitch at a time. And it has a calming effect. I remember the first time I heard it, and what it did to me and just saying it now and as I teach that principle now, um, it's it's powerful. But that's that's one in particular and kind of a correlate a, a corollary principle to that that we hear all the time. It's not it's not rocket science is is tr- trusting the process. Yep. Hey, hey, trust the process. And that is something that he would always, always say. And they are combined they're intertwined trusting the process is focusing on focusing on one pitch at a time, which essentially is is focus on the process and the results will take care of itself. He was never a results guy, never talked about the numbers or the stats or anything. It was just just hey, just one pitch at a time. I remember in a high school player just always concerned about how good I was getting at focusing on one pitch at a time. And that right there is just two two principles that from me. And he said a lot. He said a lot of different things, but those were the two in particular that really resonated with me, um, both as an athlete and as a mental skills coach slash practitioner now. For sure. It's just focusing on what you can control, but when you break down the, the simplistic approach of just one pitch at a time and focus just on that, it just simplifies it. You're not really focusing on other distractions internally or externally. And uh, it, it totally makes sense for sure. Yeah. But when we, when we talk about how important Ken is, I mean, obviously he's important to students that he taught. He is important to the collegiate sporting world. But he's really important not only to the, the field of sports psychology, but to Major League Baseball. What he had done with Harvey Dorfman and Charlie Mayer of pushing sports psychology or mental performance in the culture of Major League Baseball. How important is Ken's legacy to Major League Baseball? Oh, it's huge. Uh, It's huge on a number of different fronts. Number one, for baseball in general, for the players uh, to to be Ken kick the door open and along with those uh, the both Harvey and, and Charlie uh, to pave the road for enhancing mental health for the players. And I think that is, that is, there's so many play- and staff and coaches, I think just from the baseball side on field players. And that is, that is huge. That, that is huge, especially given now where we have so many teams, the great majority of teams with mental skills departments, uh, I think, and we could thank Ken and, and those, those other, those other people who, who, who paved the road for that. Now, for people like myself, the, the code mental skills coaches, have to, we can thank Ken and Charlie and Harvey for that because they're the reason they're, we, I am walking the path that those guys paved, that mm. those, those great men created for us. And now all these opportunities that are popping up are because of them. And so, so I am so truly grateful. And those who come after us are, are, is because of Ken. And so just more opportunities are going to be paid. Now it's moving into the NFL, going to move into basketball, but it all started, in my opinion, it's, it's not as, as, as popular and as normal as it is in baseball. And they started in baseball. Now it's going to shift into football. And so 
in a way, in a way, they kind of paved the way for all of for mental skills training in all of sports uh, here in America. Here in America, I can't speak for others, but uh, professional sports, and I just they played such a huge role in that. I, I agree. I agree for sure. I, I think, and you would know more than I would, but you know, NFL, I believe, is is just grabbing onto it. Um, not a lot of organizations are focusing on it. I know NBA is probably a little bit ahead of the NFL, but I would agree because of the daunting task of Charlie and Harvey and kind of pushing this, you know, down the road with Major League Baseball that they made it a best practice. And it's, I think people are finally catching on. And, and what's really cool is that you talked about Ken and Harvey, these, these individuals being mentors to people like you and I. I've already said this a few times on different interviews for this tribute, but when I was interviewing Bob Tewksbury, he was saying, you know, Ken and, and Harvey were my mentors, and they put everything in their energy, not only into their work, but passing all the information down to me and everybody else. And he goes, so now it's my turn to fill in, to fill his shoes. It's my responsibility as a mental performance coach to take this rich information and make sure people like you, Grant, are getting this and other athletes and teams and coaches are getting this. So this is my role. How awesome is that? You know, how awesome is it to to keep on fulfilling this legacy that that Ken started? It's just or the information for sports psychology is just incredible. And that's what makes Ken so great is the fact that it was never his message. It was the message, the message that you can focus on one pitch at a time, the message that you can change, the message that you can evolve. And that's what I love about Ken. He never made it about himself. He never, he never made it about himself and, and trying to steal the limelight or the, become the, to be the light, so to speak. Um, but he was just consistent with the message and helping people out. And, and when you do that, obviously people are like, wow, I, I love this. And that's why what I love about Ken is he's like, here, now you share the message, not my <laughs> message, but the message, go, go help people. Yep. And now, you know, now then, 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 and then he ends up attracting all these people who love that. And then they want to go and share it who other people want to go share it, and then other people want to go share it. And there's just, um, it's, it, it's, it's really neat to see and to be have had the chance to to learn from Ken and to see this and then to evolve my myself. And what I love about Ken is he was never he never shot down other people's theories or practices or uh, he was he was one to bring people together and not to divide and to and to uh, segregate other ways of thinking. It was like, hey, if it's gonna help somebody, it's gonna help somebody. And I just that's what I loved about him. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well in one word and I know this might be hard because some of the other guests uh, were like, man, one word. <laughs> but if you're going to describe Ken as a person, as a professional, what would that one word be? Present. Mm. Present. Again, he was, he was his message. He was present. Like when you were on the phone with him, you can tell you're the only person that mattered when you're in his presence. He was the epitome. He lived a life where his feet were like he was he lived that phrase be where your feet are one pitch at a time um it was interesting one of my favorite moments my dad told me he my dad had a chance to go hear him speak at a somewhere in los angeles and uh and the guy told ken okay ken you only have uh two minutes left 
And normally when somebody says, okay, two minutes left, okay, let me get, let me get the last information. He starts speaking faster. <laughs> My father said, Ken was opposite. They said, okay, Ken, you have two minutes left. And you see him look and he takes a deep breath. And he started to speak slower the last two minutes. Wow. And that right there is just the essence, captures the essence of, of, of Ken Reveza. Um, present, not going to be rushed by the circumstances, not going to be controlled by the environment, but to be truly one and to focus on one pitch at a time. So the word would be present. Charlie, I want to thank you so much for being on my show today to, to share your thoughts and feelings and talk about the legacy of Ken Revisa. And I'm just really excited for you to, to be on my show today. I appreciate being on, Greg. Beautiful. Well, as we all know that Ken was a very dynamic, energetic, passionate person. And I can only imagine uh, the stories and thoughts you have for Ken. And I guess my first question would be, how, was, how special was Ken to Major League Baseball and to the field of sports psychology? Ken, Ken was very special, very uh, influential, not only for Major League Baseball, but also, more importantly, maybe for uh, the field of sports psychology because he, uh, he was somebody who was very practical and he was able to take uh, information uh, from uh, you know, theory and research and best and and boil it down and provide it in a form that was useful for in, in this case you know baseball players major league players minor league players and I think he was able to model or demonstrate uh, to the field of sports psychology uh, uh, how it's practiced in the real time uh, in real settings. And when you first met Ken, what was your impression of him, and, and what was your experience? My initial impressions was uh, he's, a, he's a quiet, laid-back type of guy. I really, at that time, I didn't know you know much about him, and uh, so I, I didn't, uh, in one sense, pay much attention to him. But as I got to know him, uh, I got to know him as a person. I also got to know him as a professional, and uh, I realized that this is somebody who's very, very special to uh, to baseball and other sports. Absolutely. You know, Ken Bryant, the third baseman for the for the Cubs, he was referred by saying that that Ken was one of the godfathers of sports psychology. What, what do you think about that statement? I, I would say that was accurate. Uh, Ken was right there at the beginning. Uh, he helped uh, <clears throat> create it. I, I, if I had to add a word, I would say he's a godfather of applied sports psychology. Right. Because he, He's been able to take it and apply it in, uh, like I said before, in the real time. If you were going to describe Ken in in one word, what would that be? Caring. And it's interesting that you say that because there's been, obviously, a lot of people have had a lot of thoughts since he's passed. And, and I heard a lot of that word caring in that he's an expert listener. And... One who, one who listens, one who cares. And so it's really interesting that you uh, brought that word up. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I think with the professional athletes, and, and in this case, the major league players, 
unless they know that you care about them, uh, they could not care less about what you have to offer. And therefore, Ken was somebody who uh, started out in a very humble way by listening to players and through that listening and asking questions and reflecting things back with the player, uh, they had a sense that he was, uh, he was with them and he was there to help them and to support them. And as a result, they, start, they started listening and asking questions and caring about what he had to say. Mm. How would you describe his passion for the work? He's, it, was a, it was a very, like I said before, he's a, he's a, comes across a laid back guy. And for some people who don't know him or did not know him, he would seem to be, uh, you know, maybe laissez-faire, not motivated. But he is very, very, he has been very, very committed to uh, helping people, helping players, and uh, and not only that, following up with them, and doing it in a way that uh, he had a, he had the energy and an emotional intensity uh, that uh, was picked up by uh, players, coaches, and, and other staff members also. Mm. When you first heard that Ken passed, uh, walk me through. How did you feel, or what were you feeling? I, I was shocked. I. Uh, you know, I it was it's, it's almost like, uh, hey, this is not happening. And uh, admittedly, Grant, it was very hard on me because uh, I've known Ken as a professional colleague, but also as a close friend for many, many years. Yeah, I'm still, uh, you know, struggling with that. To hear somebody who uh, was part of my professional life and personal life and uh, is no longer there. Absolutely. I think that in the whole field of sports psychology, when when we all heard it, again, I'm speaking a little bit more of my my own feelings, but uh, a little bit of uh, a lot of emptiness um, instantly when I heard it. It didn't seem like it was true. It was like, what? This is not supposed to happen. So I think we all felt that, and we're, we are still mourning and feeling it. I agree. Out of all the years that you've known Ken and, um, and worked with him, is there a special story or a story that you can tell and share with us? Uh, I don't know if there's any special story. I do remember in 2016, uh, there's times we share, we were, but we, Ken's with the Cubs, I was with the Indians. And uh, the time we spent uh, at the World Series before the games around the batting cage, you know, for pregame work, just uh, being there and relating to one another. That's still something that's very, very vivid in my mind. During that time, I said, hey, how great is this that uh, we've known each other for so long and here we are in 2016 at the World Series and uh, we're part of it. So that it's not a story, but it's a recollection that's still vivid to me. Wow. How awesome is that, right? To, to right. be with a longtime friend and actually meet up at the World Series. Right. Beautiful. And then it's, a, it's a great uh, tribute that you're making to him, uh, Grant. I appreciate it very much. Graham, I want to thank you so much for being on my show today and, and sharing your thoughts and feelings about Ken Revisa and his legacy. And I'm really excited just to, to kind of hear your thoughts on my show today. Thank you so much. Oh, man, you got a grant. When I knew you were doing this, I was like, man, I want to be a part of this, and I want to talk with you, man, so thank you. You bet. 
Now, we all know that Ken had this incredible energy and, and presence about him. When you first met Ken, or your first experience with Ken, what was that like? What was your first impression of him? Uh, you know, I, I had him in, in graduate school. He came and taught a class at John F. Kennedy University um, out in the Bay Area. And I was just, like, blown away by Ken Revisa, man. Like, it was one of those weekend classes. I remember uh, Allison Rodius, one of our directors, was like, don't, you know, if you can, take this class. Don't miss it. And at the time, I was kind of just getting into sports psychology. or not just getting into it, but I'd been in it a little bit. And I, I remember signing up for the class. And I just had like the greatest experience with him. He he was like the first guy to really show me, you know, like swagger. And he had a he had a level of swagger with him that was just it was awesome. And for him, swagger was like you know like blue jeans and a tucked in polo shirt, you know, and like he. But he just had like super charisma. And uh, I remember Donald Foyle was in the class with us, working on his masters at the time. And he made a Donald. I mean, he jumped on a Donald's back to like show what it was like if you weren't focused on the present and your mind was in the last play and he just had all the little expressions down and you know like the the toilet and the dugout and he had stickers that said so what next play he was just like booming and everywhere you know <laughs> and for me uh i loved it and he I, I vividly remember taking notes in that class i remember the things i took notes about i remember the paper i took notes on i remember you know, the, the sayings he, he said, like, you know, have stuck with me. And um, I'm just real thankful I got to, like, see it, you know, and, and witness his kind of deal and his, uh, you know, and then Heads Up Baseball. I was inspired by his book and just how, like, niche it was. And it was like baseball. And for me, I kind of wanted to be like him low-key in basketball, you know. Like, man, this guy really, like, nailed baseball and wrote a baseball book. And, you know, that wasn't necessarily, like, my thing, but basketball was where I wanted to take it and man, Ken Revisa. I, I'm just in my life starting to get to the point where I want to frame some of the jerseys of some of the players I've worked with. And I want, and I, no joke, I want to get a Ken Revisa Chicago Cubs jersey and frame <laughs> it and put it up. That's it, you know? For so sure. I respect that dude a lot. Well, as a mental performance coach, how instrumental was Ken's work as far as affecting you as a mental, mental performance coach? You know, for me, it was huge. He, he had longevity. You know, he was there forever, and he had a huge positive reputation. And, uh, you know, for me, and, and the big thing that really stuck with me is just, like, cultural competence. I, I, for me, he showed people how to be, like, a, a fit where you were, and he, and he taught us, you know, how to how to get gear, and meaning, like, don't ever ask for gear. They'll give you gear, you know? Like, you don't have to, like, ask for that stuff, and how to be a part of the team. And to me, he really looked at mental coaching and mental performance and mental skills and sports psychology as he, he like fit in he knew how to fit in with the team and that's that to me is, was a huge part of normalizing this thing and that was always my mission because this stuff saved my life as a kid and i was like hey this needs to be normal and here here's ken just making it normal right just hanging out with the coaching staff after practice you know just a regular part of walking through the locker room like one of the players just people just fitting in with him and uh so that for me that was like the like the real thing. That re, it was like how to deliver the goods. It wasn't necessarily that he taught me like goal setting or visualization. You know, like I think people are aware of that stuff. It was how he delivered that stuff, how he connected with people. That really sparked my passion, opened my mind, and that's what really gave me the courage to try to do that in basketball. You know, and really try to like emulate that presence and and be welcomed by the players and the coaching staff and know how to fit in and you know wear a uniform. If you know, I'm just just like a, a strength coach, right? He was on the team, you know, it was, uh, 
that's that, that was really impressive for me. For sure. It's and like you said, it, it was the delivery and it was the energy behind his message. Uh, and he had such range. Yeah, and humor, humor, yeah, humor too. Yeah, just like yeah, the energy, the humor. He could he could shift in a second from serious to laughing to different perspectives. You know, that's made it fun. It was engaging. You know, he's engaging. He's an engaging human. Absolutely. When you first heard of Ken's passing, what did you feel when when you heard that news? Ah, uh, I mean, it really it just hit me. I didn't feel like an overwhelming sadness at at first. You know, I felt like like really like man, we just lost a legend. It was more. It wasn't even like almost like it wasn't even human for me for a second. I was just like, well, that's like a legend. You know, I, I that's the first thing that hit me. It was like, man, a legend passed. You know, and it was I mean, shocking. I had no idea anything was going on health wise or anything like that. So I was shocked, and then. You know, I just felt like for the whole first, I you know kind of saw the whole field and what the who this guy was for a field, that hit me. And then as days went on, of course, I was like, hey man, for his family and things, you know, the human side of it really kind of connected with me. For sure. But at first, it really it really was just like a legend, you know, almost kind of like a, I don't know, that's how how should you say it, like a legend, you know, like a legend passing in a field. And then I was like, you know, Ken Reeves is a man with family and friends, and like this hurts, you know, so. Um, I was never seen. I just had the class with him. I had three days with him. You know, that was my experience with him, me and like 30 other people sitting in his class. So I never had a chance to build like a real, you know, like a deep, deep relationship with him. It was just like a three day experience. I and mean, I was just blown away by him. So when he passed, I was just kind of like, it was almost like seeing like, oh, I saw him perform, you know, I had that moment. Like, oh, I got to see him perform. <laughs> right. Well, when he came through the Bay Area, I was there for those three days, you know, like that was more of my like, um, you know, I was, you know, my, my parents were like deadheads. So like they were, you know, when Jerry Garcia passed, it was like, you know, it was like this legend passed, you know, and everyone kind of went through their process. It's almost how I feel like Ken Revisa is to like sports psychology, like, you know, just, just a legend, you know, just a positive legend who did major things in all sports, but obviously baseball, that guy is a titanic presence. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it, it's, it's interesting. Like there are people that had worked with him for years, decades, and had, you know, the up-close, you know, the, the front-row seat to Ken Revisa for a long time. And there's some people that, like you, just only had a couple of days with him, had a day with him, uh, just watched maybe some of his videos and read some of his books. But it's the this is why I wanted to honor Ken, because you just spent only two or three days with him, and he left... Yeah. He changed your life. He affected you, and it's never going to go away. Like he, he left this positive never. imprint on you just just within a few days. It always inspires me whenever a uh, young sports psychologist, mental performance coach, call me. I always just try to give them good energy. I'm like my real offering is positive energy, and that's always been my offering in life. You know, I've learned sports psychology and learned how to like teach it and coach it, but positive energy is the essence of of who I am. And just that was what can emanated. And to me, it's just so powerful, you know, to, I love it. And it helps. It's inspiring. The first time I felt it when I was a night, I'm not the first time, but I remember being really inspired as a 19 year old with a history teacher and my, uh, Michael Mangan, his teacher was, his energy was so overwhelmingly positive. It was like shocking. <clears throat> and I didn't realize you could love something so much. And I knew in my life, if you don't do something that you care about this much, you are missing out in life. And then to meet Ken later on, someone who just had that love for sports psychology, you know, it's just, you don't forget that, you know, you're like, man, when people are lined up with what they're supposed to do, it transfers, man, that, and that enthusiasm. So the field will miss them, but I feel like, uh, 
it's one of those one of those humans that's going to live forever you know like people are going to tell stories about that dude and read heads of baseball and you know McKen Revisa man indeed. <laughs> like I said I'm going to frame his jersey <laughs> indeed. Yeah, indeed well I know this is this is going to be a, a maybe a difficult question because I've you know everybody that's been on the show I've I've asked this and if you were to describe Ken in one word what would that word be awesome you know that's the first thing that comes to mind you know he's just straight up awesome like that's you know like that's it just his presence it's just like an awesome thing you know and he happened to dedicate his life to sports psychology so us who are in that field love it for that and anything that dude dedicated his life to would have been awesome you know just to bring that enthusiasm for something so that's it man that's, that's just awesome